I yeah. created the thumbnail way before. Oh. <laughs> What's up, George? What's going on in the House of Grace tonight? In the House of Grace tonight, we have Mr. Philip Russert on the show. He's going to be talking to us about his new Kickstarter, new project, Tragedy, issue number four. We're going to be talking to him about that coming up next. Let's get it. Show for independence all around, giving you a platform to spread your word all over town. Cast the craze is the place to promote to your fans with the dream of Medina and Sam the Crazy Man. Subscribe to our show and never miss an episode. It's time to get your man to listen to us on the go. Updated every week, we never miss a day. Join the squad, come on in. It's time to cast the craze. If you are an independent, cast the craze. Making moves on your own, cast the craze. On your grind in the streets, cast the craze. Join the movement, catch the craze! Yeah, George, we did it again. Come on now, now you wanna do it. Catch the craze. Welcome to Catch the Craze Podcast. I'm your host with the most of the crazy man, Vera. And I am with George the Dreamer Medina. What's happening, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Catch the Craze. We are live. It is Wednesday, September 7th. Michael San Martino's in the house. Big shout out to you and your project. Tech yes, God. official sponsor of Catch the Craze Podcast. Official, official. But yeah, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for coming on. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the channel. Hit the link, hit the like button, comment, all that stuff, uh, so that when we go live, you know. Like today, for example, where we're live with Mr. Philip Russert. We're going to be talking to him about tragedy issue tragedy. number four. Yeah, uh, this man's got. You know, he's he's just doing his thing. You know, he's just doing his things. What he does, what he does. So yeah, we're going to be talking to him. A lot of things. A lot of things. Book. And uh, but yeah, brother, we got another live show. We're, we're, we're off tomorrow morning, guys. I know you, you're gonna miss us. Tomorrow is the, the would have been the morning brew with the crazy crew, but we are off tomorrow. Sam yes. is going, Sam's gonna take a hike. Yes, he's out, he's out. Bacarajo. Bacarajo, bro. Yeah, he's gonna be he's, you're gonna you're gonna be out in the mountains, right? Where, where you going? Where you going, Sam? You wanna let the people know or are you you keeping it? On the on the low, so they don't. I'll be at the Grand Canyon. My, oh, my, Grand Canyon! Right. Yeah, I got I got I got my uh, squad house sitting while I'm at the Grand Canyon. Um, 
So they flew in from New York, watching the house and watching the dogs while I'm away. But yeah, met my wife and I, 25 year wedding anniversary, heading over to the Grand Canyon, kid. Sam, how has she done it? 25 years, that woman is a saint. Yo, she scored, bro. (laughs) She scored. Yeah. This is this is Budo, bro. This is Budo. Oh, hey, easy. This is. (laughs) It's pure lusciousness. Oh God, man! <laughs> yeah, listen, she is. I'm telling you, I, I, I bet, I bet that. I don't know how she does it. I don't know how she does yeah, it. She knows. She knows what's up. She mm-hmm. like down Pelican Bay. clink, 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 clink. <laughs> I know. I think you, you, you might have, you might have locked her down. Unfortunately, poor she woman. Said, Let's go, Vominos, contaminos. Bravo, knows. Nah, but that's cool, man. Congratulations, 25 years. <laughs> that's a long ass time. Canyon. That's right. That's yeah. right. I got a table at the Grand Canyon. Oh man, yeah, man. So that's going on. But uh, what's going on in the uh, in the creative world, Sammy? What you got going on? I, listen, what, what do you got? Thirteen days. Thirteen days before the launch of Disney Alien in my toilet. And thank you to one hundred and twenty-four of you who have signed up for the launch of this campaign. This is the biggest and best one yet. Um, it gets funnier. Duty finally meets human beings. You know, he gets to a house. It's a Chihuahua named Herman who thinks he's a talking jalapeno. It pops off from that point on. There's a government tracking down the crash site for the UFO. This is all uh, yo. It's going down. Then there's Duty's Monsters on Planet Cthulhu. This is a stretch goal that if unlocked, you can add it on. It's an add-on to your basket, and you get this. I just finished this book. I just sent it off to get proofs. I sent it off to Comic Well Spring, so I'm hoping to have the proof for the live launch. Um, That's a 24-page issue. It's issue one of three. It's a miniseries, and um, it's the first book that I've done in over a decade from start to finish all by myself from uh, lettering to coloring to inking to everything drawing everything um and uh, I'm a, I'm really happy with this because um you know when I came back you know you know forbidden was drawn by somebody else you know the books were colored by somebody else catch the crazies was cut, drawn by somebody else um you know so this is the first time that it was like all done um so I'm excited about this and I'm hoping that you all come along for the ride because uh this one's gonna be good. May I ask, on the launch day, are we getting... <laughs> no, no, no. No, that that was too much work. Um, You know, and, uh, you know, I think uh, his father thinks that duty's in good hands. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> he gave up on him. He gave up on him. He said, yo, keep him. Yeah, I, I can keep duty. We're good. But if you notice, they're still watching. You see it in the back? I always feel like somebody's watching me. Don't you see him? <laughs> Can't get no privacy. Oh, whoa. so uh, yeah, they were still watching. You see that green head in the back, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a, a live launch. But again, so, so when we launch on the twentieth, seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Cast the Creates Podcast, if we're funded during the live launch, there'll be a raffle for a painting, uh, an original painting by me of um, Duty as a, as one of the characters that you've just been watching me draw on the live stream, or and uh, a t-shirt as well. So it's gonna be. Let's put you also do all <laughs> what's up, buddy? ASAP in the house. Um, uh, so yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, I can't be more ex- you know it's funny. If any for those of you who picked up was where was down with the crazy comics back in 2003, 2005, you know that I uh the spinner, I have the electric spinner. All right. Um, yeah, he won't let me use that one. Uh, no, that was the, the He's breaking. greedy with it. He's greedy with it. <laughs> He's greedy with it. You know what? Every time he spins it, it breaks. Like, hey, that's that's part of the fun. It's part. It's part of the fun. People wait to see when will it break. That's yes. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break this. So, um, um, what was I say? Oh, yeah. I don't. Um, 
if you were down <laughs> with crazy comics back in the days, you know that my first comic ever produced was Cosmic Wars. Um, so there's a surprise cameo from the star of Cosmic Wars in the series as well. Um, so this it's, it's going to be fun. It's fun. I had so much fun doing this, um, and I'm hoping that it translates and, and with everybody who um, comes along for the ride. So, and then I got something really exciting um, for the kids. So this is going to be an all-encompassing fun time. And um, and then, and if you're in, in October, if you're in Texas, come and see me at the the Dallas Fan Festival, which is run by Fan Expo. Um, in fact, I just got my my table assignment over there and everything, so that's pretty dope. And um, and that'll be the th second week in October, and then the third week in October, I'll be at Cowtown Comic Con. In fact, the promoters from Cowtown are going to be on Catch the Craze in a couple of weeks, so that's going to be a good interview. So a lot of good stuff happening. And thank you to the in the past two days, we had four new subscribers. So thank you to the four new subscribers to Catch the Craze Podcast. We appreciate you. And only one has your name visible, Spider. Thank you. We appreciate you. Um, everybody else is, is private account, so I can't I can't give you a shout out, and I can't put you in for raffles if your accounts are, are private. So uh, if you want to just unprivatize, we can put you in raffles when we do our raffles. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. <laughs> also, yeah, that was, yeah, that's that was a lot. That was a lot. That was mucho, mucho, mucho. Uh, yeah, so and I wanted to give a big shout out to one of our uh, watchers right now, Mr. Paul Hayden, who's with ASAP Imagination. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are working with Paul on a project that's coming out. It will Good. be coming out hopefully sometime next year. We're working on it now. Yep. And it's a project called Animatronics. And, and uh, it's an interesting project because it is being written by 10 different people. It's going to be, uh, so that would be a 100-page comic being written by 10 different people. And what's happening is, basically, Paul started off, he's writing 10 pages. Then on Saturday, actually this Saturday, at 3 p.m. on his Instagram. So you guys want to follow ASAP Imagination on Instagram. Go on there. He's going to be pulling out the name of the next writer to write the next 10 pages of the uh, of the anthology. It's going to be any, it could be anyone between Angus Day, L.A. Cunningham, Chess, D.W. Howard, myself, Sam is involved, Lucy Shaw, Dre, The Brute, Daniels, Endless Mile Studios. They're all involved. So this Saturday, he's going to pull a name out of a it hat. Like, they sound like names for acts for, for a club that's going to perform it. <laughs> yeah, it's Jay The Brute, Daniels. Jay The Brute. Mile Studios. That's dope right there. Jay The Brute. Um, yeah, you know what? He should have put Sam the Crazy That's Man there, George the Dreamer Medina up in there. Oh, what up, D-Way? Yes. Long time no see, my friend. But um, yeah, so that's happening on Saturday. This book is going to be, um, it's, you know, we're going to write it. We're writing it now. I read the first 10 pages that Paul wrote. Awesome stuff. I spoke to him today. It looks great. Can't wait to see who's next. Sam, what are you going to do yeah. next? You ready? Um, I won't know till Monday because I'm going to be away till Don't Monday. Worry, I'll text you. I'll text you. I'll send you a quick text. I'll start writing on Monday. Uh, it's oh, probably, yeah, yeah, it's always going to be that way. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, Sam ain't going to start writing on Monday. What is it, two weeks? Sam's going to start writing the day before it's due back in. I, I know how you roll. Yo, why are you I hating on me, brother? Yo, shade. It's not like Slim no, Shady, yo. It's facts. Yo, I'm I'm actual gonna, and factual, hold on. bro. It's actual and factual. Calling the from the hood. Go over there. Yeah. You know, no, but, address. Just text them your address. But yeah, no, so it's going to be cool, man. So basically, yeah, so that's how it's going to work. You write 10 pages, the next person gets pulled out of the hat, and boom, they write the next 10 pages. 
so that's going to be fun. And then we're also going to have 10 different um, artists that are going to be drawing the pages. So Word. it's going to be, it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, project. It's an interesting, uh, you know, a little something that we're doing. Also, just, just so everyone knows, all proceeds for this book will go to charity. Uh, Paul has partnered up with Free Arts NYC. And Free Arts NYC empowers youth from underserved communities through art and mentoring programs to develop their creativity, confidence, and skills to succeed. FreeArtsNYC.org is the organization that all proceeds, all, all sales made on this book will go to them. So that's that's some awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be talking about it as uh, as the weeks progress and as the project progresses. So Animaltronic, coming up. Yes. And uh, um, we do have another sponsor of Cast the Cruise podcast on top of uh, Tech the Gods. We have Story Comic. Story Comic is a podcast that focuses on people behind the words. The host, Barney Smith, interviews comic creators of all types in their works and tells stories about comics, comic-based stories, and all other forms of pro storytelling. We've been streaming our show online since late 2019, and it's been amazing to see how many people around the world have come to appreciate and the value of hearing stories from people who are just as passionate of their work as we are. So if you're a comic creator yourself, or you know someone who is, or you just want to hear about your favorite comic book and how it got made, Come check us out at storycomics.com, storycomic.com. Yes, so sir. thank you, Bonnie Smith, for sponsoring Catch the Craze podcast. Thank you, Tech the Gods, for sponsoring Catch the Craze podcast. Yeah. Um, yes. Also, don't forget that, uh, you know, I have uh, an interview on another podcast called The Very Occasional Podcast with Mr. Morgan Quaid. And that's out right now. So check out his podcast, The Very Occasional Podcast, on YouTube search that up. It'll be on my, on my website. You can go to get your meds with a Z.com. You can go to my Instagram and check that out, pick up a book, pick up some t-shirts and all that stuff. But, uh, who do we have? Who, so, so do we have Philip in, in, in the waiting room yet? Yes, we do. Philip, he's been waiting anxiously. He's ready to, he's ready to get tragic yep. on us. He's okay. ready to bring the drama. Yeah. Okay. He's ready. He's going to bring the pain. You know, yeah, yeah. Manila. I mean, he again, he's killing the campaign. He's got 23 D's to go. Um, you know, he's got 131 backers, 5,400 in. The guy's on fire, so he's, he's gonna be bringing him back. He's a return guest, he's gonna be talking all about tragedy. Yeah, but we have some, we have a little chatter. Michael San Martino, when is the next Four Horsemen episodes or a draw off show? Good question. Good question. We got to find that fourth horseman. I don't know where he's been. Um, fourth horseman is the, the hard part. That's the hard. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. Yeah, now that Johnny's a working man, you know, it's hard to get him locked, you know, to hold him down. Yeah, yeah. We got to get that draw off the part two. The part two has to come out. Draw off. That's, yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, Paul, of course, man, of course, this is going to be a good time. And Barney is a good dude. You're absolutely right. Yes, should, we, should we bring in another good dude? Yes, we're going to bring in our guest. He's waiting. Uh, I don't have the drum roll anymore, do I? Oh, oh, I don't think I have the drum roll anymore. Man, but we're going to bring him in, ladies it's, and gentlemen. Without further ado, Philip Russell. <laughs> you said good. You said good dude. I mean, <laughs> pick this the Superman back there. Yeah, you know, I was backstage. I was reading about Wonder Ducks and aliens and toilets. So it was good reading, man. <laughs> uh, I was enjoying myself. So, uh, <laughs> welcome back, Phil. How you doing, my man? Good, man. Honestly, I say it all the time, but you guys are probably my favorite uh, hosts to to hang and chat with. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, Thank man. You. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, so awesome, you know, we're so busy. Uh, come on, man. <laughs> come on, please. Oh man. Hey, listen, Phil. 
Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure meeting you in person. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I think I, you're I, getting rid of me. <laughs> oh, dude, I was like, why? why? I, I asked J.M. DeSantis, big shout out to J.M. DeSantis, who I was, I was sharing the table with. I was like, yo, is there any way we can move our table? Like, is there anything we can do to you move our table? Nah, man, it was fun. It was a good time. We had a good time, and it was it was it's always nice. It's weird because we had never met before. We've done these, you know, we've done a couple of shows. And for those watching, we had Philip on the show, episode two eighty five. That was June first of last year, Phil. Oh, wow. that's how long ago it was. So that was the last time well, you were on the you show. You're so freaking busy. You don't have time for a little guy. <laughs> and you were promoting number one. You were promoting. You were promoting this bad boy right here. This bad boy right here. Yeah, look Number at you. One. Oh, and signed. Look at that. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never signed my books because what the hell is my signature worth? And then pe some people, you know, some people are glad I don't, and some people are like, why didn't you sign it? I'm like, because I'm a nobody. What the? <laughs> hell you want me writing on a book for? There's number three. There's number two. Yeah. yeah, we we have. Listen, we I I have questions. I have questions about the story. I, I can't wait to dive into it. Uh, but yeah, for those man, who maybe not spoilers anymore. We're four in. If you haven't well, picked it up yet, tough shit. That's what I was. That's what I was gonna ask you. Like, are you okay with some spoilers here? Because there are some spoilers. The last, the last issue, especially big spoilers. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to at this point. If I'm gonna sell the book and get people interested, I can't keep saying, "Oh, it's uh, an Irish assassin. Come check it out." You know, you gotta, you gotta get into the meat of it, right? That's so, good. Do it. sorry if we ruined it for you, but you should have jumped on four issues ago. They gave you pow pow. That's it. Smack them <laughs> the hand. <laughs> Smack them the hand. That's it. That's it. Shame on you. <laughs> hey, listen, the Irish assassin in Hell's Kitchen is kind of cool, man. You know, well, like the funny it. thing is, people like Hell's Kitchen, it's Daredevil. No, that's where the Irish Mafia actually worked out of the Westies or the Irish Mafia. And in the 1970s and the very early 80s before they, uh, Jimmy Cooney and them were taken out, uh, is where they operated. So that's just factual history. There you go. There you go. Now, you, now I don't know. I mean, I was listening to our last podcast, and you mentioned your dad kind of knew some people. He didn't work with them. No, he didn't uh, work. He, he didn't knew work, them, and he, he was them. just always cordial. You know. Um, yeah. You know. Hey, Jimmy, so how you doing? Yeah, that's it. So it's, it's based moving. on fact. It's like you said. It's based on fact. Like you kind of knew. You knew about that. 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 You know. Um, that yeah. that existed back in the day, but uh, but yeah, like, listen, New York. I mean, well, I mean, how many more areas in New York are you gonna write? You know, what are you gonna what are you gonna write about? You know, like it's it's New York City. Well, the funny thing is, you know, we're in Chinatown, Little Italy, yeah, all over the place because there's different mafia yeah. factions. So it's all over Manhattan. It, it deal. We're in China. And, yeah, you know, you know what's uh, crazy is that I um, I hung out in all those places, right? Never really. You too. Yeah. And I never really experienced the mob. As tall as he is, they were like, Jesus. <laughs> I know what I meant. I, but I met you and you said, I didn't think you were that tall? Dude, I'm six foot one. I met him and I was like, oh my God, what the hell, man? You, he said he must slink down his chair to be George's size. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, that's good. George is like normal man height. <laughs> and then we get to like Beanstalk. I think there's like a golden egg on his head or something. A golden egg. This is tall. <laughs> Everybody says that when they meet me. But it's funny, the only experience I ever had with like mob related stuff. Was the um the uh, Chinese um uh, the I think it was the triads um I didn't have experience but I seen them in action you know but um I was like oh you know these guys look 
Yeah, I'm going the other way. Um, because we used to hang out in Chinatown because they used to have these great um um what is it called? Uh sweet and sour buns. Um yeah, uh, yeah, roast yeah. pork buns. Oh yeah, man, we should go just for that. It was delicious, but anyway. Um, yeah, I'm yes. up for buns. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> so, uh, so you know what you've been up to since the last time we spoke? <laughs> oh, <laughs> How long is this show? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I do legendary illustrations where I'm an art rep, uh, getting guys work. Um, I've got tragedy. I've got the dynamics coming out. I've got uh three other books being written uh breath of the dragon's gonna have a one shot maybe mini series and we'll go from there i've got a, a prose book a short story book that is just about ready to go jam DeSantis is the editor he's the man um nice. and i got plans uh for monthly or bi-monthly distribution i'm not uh i'm hungry guys yeah. and i got a belly for a reason i keep eating Keep eating, keep eating. That's it, man. So, so Phil, I want to talk a little bit about about your creative process. I know you're a busy guy. I know you're always creating. You're always writing. Um, tragedy, for example, right now. I know that you wrote that in February last year. Issues I got written. 20, you have twenty six. So the last time, so when we spoke last, right in June or whatever, I know that. But in February, you created it in February of last year, and then by mm -hmm. the time we spoke to you, you, were you had written sixteen issues, right? Talk to me about your writing process, dude. How are you cranking these 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 scripts out so fast? So here's the funny thing. And by no means am I going to imply that I'm some amazing writer. That's up to you to decide when you read the book. Read the book. <laughs> um, so honestly, I was always a, a storyteller. Like I used to watch my friend's kids when I was younger, going in college and stuff. And I used to just tell these stories, you know, just right off the top of my head. Um. I don't pressure myself. I sit down, I kind of have an idea of what I want to happen in the in the issue, and I just write. I don't think, I just write, and it just flows naturally. Um, I do think, and I don't mean this arrogantly, but I do think a strong suit of mine is writing realistic dialogue, right. you know, which is important. Um, so I write kind of an amalgamation of the Marvel way and a more detailed way. Uh, you know, if everybody knows the Marvel way, it's kind of just describe what's going on in the panel for the artist and you throw the dialogue in later. I, I don't like to do that. I don't feel comfortable with that. What I do is I'll write the, the, the scene, I'll write the dialogue. And if there's a specific shot I want, like a 90 degree over the right uh, shoulder or something like that, I'll, I'll put it in there. Uh, or I like to describe the choreography because I like to do different kinds of fights. Uh, but I'll also be like next six pages, sword fighting, have fun with it as an artist, you know. Mm. Um, I don't really do dialogue a lot during fights because I've been in over 60 fights in my life and never have I spoken <laughs> team crumpets with anybody. Sorry. It's, you know, I know it's comics, but I just I try to make a little more realism in this. There may be some inner thoughts or monologues, but um, there's not a lot of talking in fights. Uh, but I just write and wherever it goes, it goes. And then I'll put it down. I'll have my wife look at it. I'll look at it a day or two later and nine out of 10 or 9.9 .9 out of 10 times, I'm good to go. Or I'll just change a word or a phrase here or there that I think maybe didn't sound right. But um, I don't pressure myself. I, I, 
you know, writers used to say, used to hear professional writers say, I don't write for the fans, I write for myself. And I used to think, well, what kind of ego is that? And like, you don't care about the fans. That's not right. what they were saying. What they're saying is you can't please everybody. And if I write thinking about what every individual may like, I'm going to write crap. Mm -hmm. All I can do is write from what I know and what I enjoy and hope that you all like it too. Do you, you know? do you, do you have like a page number in mind? Like, do you say, okay, that's been, it's been 24 pages. Oh shoot. I'm at 26. I may need to cut something down. Do you have a page limit or do you no. kind of just write until. No, that because as an, indie, I don't, as an indie, I don't need to. And I mm -hmm. think that hinders stories. I don't write for trade paperbacks. That's killing Marvel and DC in my opinion. And I don't write for page count. Now, I understand the need to write for page count with big publishers, but I don't. I'm me. I can do whatever the hell I want. And I'm, I'm of the mindset of certain rules you kind of go with, but not all of them. You got to be a trendsetter. You got to do your thing. And if, mm -hmm. like, my first book's 30 pages, second one's 28, third one was 36. That's what the story said. That's mm -hmm. what came out of me. That's where it needed to go. And that's it. And I like to leave with cliffhangers every issue. Right, right. And people are telling me that I'm pretty good at cliffhangers, so that's a that's a compliment. Um, <laughs> and you know, you don't want to rush it to that that cliffhanger, so right. I I don't want to do a page count. How how do you handle your your, your pacing? Because I, I you're you're right. I know that you're just writing. Are you mapping it out in any way? Do you have notes that you're taking somewhere that you kind of know where where the beats of the story or is it just like literally all free flowing like are you just like off the top of the head like reading biggie over here first of all thank you annabelle annabelle i, I appreciate that very much so um it's it's weird like i just go in and i write and i write and i write but you know it sparks ideas as you're writing for what will come up right so i've created characters and plot lines in my head loosely as far as when I'm going to hit those, it really depends on how the flow of what I wrote goes. Um, now, I'm not I'm not comparing myself to Claremont because he's he's a pro. He's amazing. I'm not saying I'm on his level, but stylistically, I think because of his influence, I write a lot like him in the sense that I write for the long game and I'm opening up plot threads as we go and introducing characters that you may not realize are somebody important till later. The only thing I do that he didn't is I close some plot lines before I start opening up another 50. Um, so for for me to do that, uh, I, I do kind of fly by the seat of my pants because it has to have a natural organic feel to it. Because if you really get uptight about it's got to be done here, it's got to be done there, that's why pacing is off in some books. Not because they're not good at writing, but because they – they would try to be so formulaic and stick to it's got to be that 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 that. I think that ruins the spontaneity of creating. I mean, that's like if you're an artist and someone drew the outline of the character in the pose for you and said fill it in. Are you really going to give your best? I mean, you you were held back a bit. You're like a writer that restricts the artist and tells them everything they have to do in a panel. Are you really going to get the best out of that artist? You got to let them let them flow, let them run. Let them run. Be creative. And these are free when it comes to some industry standards. I say that all the time. Yeah, that's the uh, you know the the beauty of being an independent artist. What's up, Aurelis? Aurelis is in the house. Yes. Hello. Hey, um, yeah. No. So Phil. No. And and I ask those questions because within your story there are there are you know you are opening up the world to many different characters and 
for those who don't know, you know, tragedy is the story of this young girl who's an Irish assassin in Hell's Kitchen. But be beyond that, she's a young girl who lost her dad at an early age and is raised by her dad's best friend, right? So t tell us a little bit more about that dynamic and what led you to create a story about an orphan girl who grows up this way. Well, you know, first of all, I I'm going to be 50 in a couple of weeks. I know it doesn't look it right with, you know, I look like a strapping 20 <laughs> year old, but regardless, I digress. Um, in my experience, I've never met a woman who realized how beautiful she was, how strong she was, how powerful she was. Uh, I've never had, and men pay for it all the time. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know. <laughs> and I just, I wanted to write a female protagonist that I think we've started overcompensating in writing. You know, women weren't strong leaders of, of stories for a long time, right? Uh, so now that they're finally getting their due, they're overcompensating by not having to be challenged. Like they just conquer everything. And I think that's detrimental to what the true strength of a woman is because women go through a lot of stuff every day, every month, every year, you know, whether it's monthly friend or childbirth or menopause or just all the self doubt they have or all the, all the pressures on them in society by even other women, by how beautiful you need to look and then you have to have this appearance. And, and I think the best way to be a hero is you have to be tested. And that means losing sometimes. You have to get your ass handed to you mm -hmm. so you can see what you're capable of. Am I able to get up and dust myself off? You know, that's why He-Man is kind of funny because he's never tested. You know he's always going to kick Skeletor's ass. He's going to cackle. He's going to run off into a portal or whatever. Um, I didn't want that. I wanted you to read this book, see her, you know, fall and see her vulnerable. And I wanted you to relate because this is a character that she had a close bond with her father. Her mother, you'll find out what, you know, what happened to her mom, but he was the head of the Irish mafia, but he kept her away from that. And he would take her out. He made sure she knew no, she was no part of it. And when she was little, they would go to the theater and they would get ice cream and they would be around the city. And she found her love for ballet and he got her into ballet, and he was very supporting a loving father. And he has his right-hand man, Seamus, who helps him run, the, you know, the, the Irish Mafia in Manhattan. Uh, her father is murdered. I mean, he's in a crime world, you know? And Seamus adopts her because him and his wife, Deirdre, cannot have children. Deirdre adopted her because she wanted to have a child. Seamus is a sociopathic piece of garbage who wanted to found her to be this young thing that he can mold into his weapon. So at 16, he sent her away for 12 years. For two years, she trains with a military strategist and, and fighter. She learns firearms, explosives, grapple fighting, boxing, wrestling. For 10 years, she goes to a Chinese, a hidden Chinese temple, and she learns martial arts and bladed weapons and things like that. But what she also learns is to focus her chi. Um, and there's this magical spiritual thing that goes on where if you have a focused chi, chi is energy. Life is energy, right? Nature is energy. And you can bind your energy of your chi when it's focused with the nature's with the energies of nature. 
and it brings out a latent ability in you, a characteristic that is close to you. <clears throat> I won't get any further into that. Um, so she, the book one takes over two years after she's been at that monastery and she's been his assassin. And she knows what Seamus is. She hates him, but still needs and wants his love and respect because she's got a daddy issue. She lost her father and she's lost anybody that ever cared, you know, she cared about. And the more she wants and needs his love and affection, the more she hates herself for it. And she's living a life that she can't stand. How many of us are waking up to a job that is meaningless to us every day and we just want to write comics or we just want to do our podcasts or whatever our passion is, music, art. And we wake up and the alarm goes off and we're like, I don't want to do this, man. I just, my heart's not in this. Her strength is that she gets up every day and does what she has to do anyway. That's our strength. Every one of us, everyone watching is doing something every day that doesn't bring them joy, but it's the ends to justify the means so that they can get to, you know, they're working hard at what they really love. Problem is she doesn't know if she even deserves a life to love, a good life. She doesn't even know how to get one. So she's guarded and she's shut down, you know, she's shut off from people. And being an assassin, you kind of have to anyway, right? You've got to turn that human side off uh, to be an assassin. So she's dealing with all these inner demons while she's dealing with rival mafia, metahumans. And there are going to be a lot of other surprises. This is like John Wick and the Boondock Saints meets Big Trouble in Little China. There you go. We were going to save that for the end, but good, good stuff, Phil. That's that's a great pitch. That's exactly what it is. Yes, I, I, big trouble, little China. I love that stuff. I know. Yeah. So, so now when you when, when obviously for those who maybe watched you on the show, and we'll put a pause here just to see what the guys are saying. You're on point about creating. I think uh, we also have uh, Jonathan was in the house saying hello. He's going to get tragedy four. Um, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, but what um, what hey, I was on, gonna oh on on, on she's got some beautiful on, on yeah be beautiful yeah. covers beautiful covers by her, absolutely. Um, but I, what what I was gonna say to you, Phil, was so when we first had you on the show, we we didn't know how her father died. Now, if you picked up tragedy number three, the cat's out of the bag, so you know exactly what happens. I'm not gonna say because you know you 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 may still want to pick that up in this in in this fourth campaign. Um, that plot twist, now that is going to open up a whole big can of worms. Is there anything you can tell us about what's going to happen in issue, say, number four from that big reveal that you have in issue three? So uh, issue four deals with the aftermath of Grace O'Connor, who's the main character, um, discovering a truth about her father's death. And she's mad. And this is a redheaded Irish woman, so you know she's got a temper. <laughs> and um, her sense of betrayal, um, it goes deeper than that. So she is going to handle that situation and that person. But the problem is she's going to have to decide, am I the assassin or am I the hero? And it's got to be her choice. And you know what? We don't always make the right choice, but I ain't telling you what choice she makes. But <laughs> um, And sometimes circumstance makes the choice for us. Mm -hmm. um, so 
Issue five is going to be a climactic ending to the first story arc, although there's other threads that are bleeding into the right. next yeah. group of stories. And it's powerful. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy it because, yeah, I, that's the thing, man. Um, nobody's cut and dry. There, you know, uh, there is bad people do good things sometimes. Rambo. And good people do bad things sometimes. There you yeah. go. Yeah. And you know, we have who are the best heroes? The ones that uh, I wouldn't even call her an anti-hero because she's pretty clear on what she doesn't want to do and what she needs to do. Um, but you know, a hero is a lot of things. A hero can be just facing your own demons, facing your own day, you know, standing up when you just feel like curling up into the fetal position, pulling the covers over your head and saying, screw this, life sucks. That could be a hero. A hero could be selflessly taking care of somebody else and protecting someone else, you know, uh, a father, a mother, a brother, an uncle, a friend. And we're all of those things yeah. while being assholes. Yeah. I, because I, I not think... one of us is above being an a-hole. Yeah. You know what? You know what I think, though, Phil, with this character, especially with like Grace, for example, you know, she like you said, OK, the daddy issues and stuff like that. She kills for her father, for her stepdad or for her new dad, because she feels like she has to get his love. And she's constantly trying to get his. But approval they're also bad people. That she's and they're killing. right. Correct. So that's what she's doing. In other words, in her mind, it's like, this is what I do. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's her thing. In issue number three, we meet Michael Walker, who is another character that you that you added into the mix here. Now, Michael Walker, you know, t tell us a little bit about my Michael Walker. Is he is he you? <laughs> I know that Grace is based on your wife. Is Michael kind of like there you in that if character? If you talk to my wife, yes. Mm -hmm. If you talk to my wife, yes. And yeah, there's a lot in there. Like his family history is different than mine, with the exception of the physical uh, beating. Right. Um, I guess, yeah, you're right from what you know. There's a lot of that in me. I mean, I'm a big goofball and, um, I'm a mush, but at the same time, I'm, you know, if I got to throw, I got to throw, you know, you do what you got to do. Um, and that's, you know, going back to what we were talking about before about how they're overcompensating by putting men weaker and men, women stronger. I always felt the whole point of the man-woman dynamic is we both complement each other's strengths and weaknesses because a woman will be stronger in an area than a man is and, and vice versa. And that's why we get we go well together because we, we complement each other and we lift each other up and we're there for each other. The strength is in the bond together. And if you look like a movie like Terminator, Reese, you know, she would have been dead right away if Reese didn't come to help her. But at the same time, she was helping Reese and he loved her and he sacrificed himself and she wound up killing the Terminator as a team. And then she grew and got strong in the next movie and badass. And Michael Walker is, he is the one that's going to teach her and show her what she's not wanting to see in herself. He is going to show her that she can have that life she wants if she goes and gets it and stops with the defense, putting up the walls and the excuses and the BS. How many of us do that? How many of us are so focused on what we can't have that we're not living every day? We're just going through the motions, you know? Uh, and Michael's the one that's going to put his foot in her ear and, and, and remind her. 
of what her true strength is. Yeah, that, I was just going to say that uh, Grace is tried and true. She's well, actually, Phil puts her in situations that test the character. And, and, and by and, you the way, know, book four, book five, round two, round two was a boy <laughs> from book one, round two. All right, yes, Ding yes. Me. I remember round one. Um, no, but, but, but very, but very, very true what you're saying, Phil. I, I think what, what's missing in some of the stories that you're talking about even now is there, there's no hero's journey. The hero has already arrived. Right. The right. hero's journey doesn't exist in a lot of the in a lot of the stuff that we're seeing today because, like you said, there is no struggle, right? And so everybody's just already, you know, superhuman, and they didn't have to go through anything. And I think that what I like about the story is that she's going, she's going through a lot, a lot, and, they, and, and, and not just her, and but a lot of characters. More. A lot of characters do. You know, there, there's a lot of pain in a lot of them. You know what I mean? Even in her mom, for example, like what she goes through, you know, you know, suicidal thoughts and, and all these right. things that, that happen within the story. So kudos to you, man, for putting all of that down on, um, yeah, cause in, in, her, a, in her story. mother Deirdre struggles with the guilt of letting her daughter become an assassin in right. his life. I mean, she's like, what kind of mother am I? This is not what I, what I wanted, but she was manipulated by Seamus, who's a sociopath. Um, yeah, I mean, sociopaths are very charming people. You know, you, 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 they're very believable because one of the key traits of a sociopath is that they even start to believe their own lies. And there's nothing more convincing than someone who believes their lie is the truth. Yes. Right. And that's what Seamus is. And Deirdre is waking up. But the problem is it took the events of the end of book one to wake her up. Right. And you can spoil that if you want, because uh, it's in the trailer. I mean, you know. <laughs> Phil, what I appreciate about, about having you on this show and, and hearing you speak about your character, um, you are so connected with the history in each character, and it shows and it, and it comes off as I'm sitting here listening to it. And and, and we've had hundreds and there's like 400 episodes we've had hundreds of guests and and one of the things that i think some of the guests are not as connected and so i love you talk about because i can hear the passion i can hear how much you've put in and it it it, it goes to show why you've been so successful um, with your because it translates and i think the the reader based from your commitment to that world that you've built Thank Sammy, you. your, your connection is a little weak, bro. I think yeah. you're, cut, you're, you're cutting it in and out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were well, like I, coming I, in I for everything you said, and I, yeah. I really thank you. That was very hum a humbling compliment. Uh, I do appreciate that. And I really am passionate about this. I'm submersed in this world, and, and I want to – I'm the kind of guy that if I don't like how something's being done, I'm not going to bitch and cry about it. I'm going to go do it the way I think it should be done. Now, that's not to say my way is the right way. It's the right way for me. I became an art rep because I wanted to see changes in that situation. I started my own conventions because I didn't like the way conventions were going. And I don't like the way comics are going. So I wrote my comic the way I wanted to. I wanted someone you can relate to. And the funny thing is you can relate to many characters in this book. Joe and Tony, people love them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have villains you love to hate and villains you hate to love, you know, and, and characters you can root for. When she falls, you fall with her. When she rises 
and you feel it like a Rocky movie. Like you're going to feel it. You're going to be like, yeah, yeah. You know, you, we lost that in movies rooting for heroes like mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and Rocky and, and all that. We, we kind of lost that rooting for them. We get it once in a while. Like when Captain America grabbed that hammer, people went nuts. I'm a cornball. I love that stuff. Yeah. You well, you, you, it, it's set up though. A lot of it is set up, and that's what we're missing. A lot of movies. There's no setup. Like when you right. talk about when you talk about Captain America grabbing that, we saw that he could possibly move it a few movies ago when it moved on the table. So when he finally got it, it was like, ah, he did it. Or like you're saying, Rocky. Or like these people fail, and so when they succeed at the end of the movie, it means that much more because you saw them fail before. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I think agree. you need that. That's important. And the other thing. Anna's been very kind and supportive. I met her. She read the book. She loved it. She got the character right away and connected. Uh, and I appreciate that. <clears throat> um, Breath of the Dragon is the head, the Chinese mafia's lead assassin. And here's a spoiler if you didn't read the books. Um, he wears armor and he's a relentless fighter. He's always on top of you. And he's, a, he's a, an amazing martial artist and swordsman. And the reason why he has to be on top of you is he has an ability. He can read your future three to five seconds. So he knows what you're going to do before you do it. As long as he's in proximity of you, you can't tag him. You can't hit him. So Breath of the Dragon uh, goes after the Irish, the Italian mafia's head guy. His name is Tony. He's based on one of my friends of 30 years. He's 6'8", with a belly, but he's strong as hell. He's like a Luke Cage strength, you know, and he's invulnerable. Breath of the Dragon has a fight with Tony, and Tony almost dies. And Tony starts facing his mortality, but more so, not just the fact that he realized, oh my god, I can die. It's, what the hell have I been doing with my life? I'm not leaving anything behind worth anything as a a, a mob goon. Uh, you know, where's what legacy am I leaving? What am I leaving giving back to the world doing this crap? So he's dealing with that. Well, the head of the Italian uh, Mafia, Joe, based on another friend of mine, he had an abusive childhood where he was treated like he was nothing and a nobody. And him building this empire is him proving to himself that he they, are, they, they were wrong. He's a somebody, you know? He's not a clear villain, but he's doing bad things. Right. And they have their journey. Villains being glorified. We're not supposed to like villains. Absolutely. That's I agree. It's like the villains become the hero. Yeah, but we can't love them like Joker. No, but here's here's the thing. When I say the villains you you like, it's because they're not really villains. There's redemption in this book. There's redemption in this story. We all have gone astray at some point in our life, even if it was for five minutes, losing our temper and punching somebody out or whatever, we've all done villainous things. What makes you a villain is if that's just your true nature, what your what your, your plan is every day of, that you get up. But there are good people that aren't heroes yet and they do villainous things, but second chances come around and that happens here. And then there are some villains that know they're just bad. And there's I, a villain... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, Phil. There's a villain that what? That is introduced in book one and book two and book three, but you really don't know how bad he is yet. Mm-hmm. And you're about to find out in the beginning of book four. He yeah. is, in, you know, you're going you're gonna to be like, whoa, 
Yeah. Um, no, you know, you know what, Phil? Like, I, I think that when it comes to to writing a villain, I like the fact that Phil is making the criminal. What do you say? The criminal understand that it's time to make a change. Yeah. No, I, I think that what happens is people are starting to sympathize with the villain rather than just empathize. And what I mean by empathize is you you have to understand what his motives are and everything he does, he does it because he thinks it's right. But we shouldn't sympathize with him. We shouldn't, you know what I mean? We should be like, right. nah, man, you shouldn't do that. And I think a lot, like today, even with the Joker and, 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 and Michael brought it up, I didn't like the Joker movie. I don't want to sympathize with the Joker. I like the fact that the Joker's just a psycho. Thank I like you. to hate the Joker, you know? I love the way you see it. Well, I think, there you you're go, supposed you're to preaching, be creeped brother. out. You're supposed yes. to be creeped out by the Joker, Absolutely. not laughing with him. No, but we've been desensitized. You know, many times I've seen a movie, a kid mm -hmm. get beat up or something, and people are laughing, and I'm like, right. "What the hell is wrong with you?" Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah, now, no, absolutely. You know, so just so you know, Breath of the Dragon appears to be a villain in this mm -hmm. in this book one. This story is almost as much his as it is hers. Brother the Dragon, um, he stabs her and throws her off a roof and she's left for dead. And in book two, she's not in it. And it, everybody was like, you son of a bitch. How do you do that to us? You stab her and throw her off a roof at the end of book one, she's dead. And you're like, you don't even tell us what's going on in book two until the last page. Um, Brother the Dragon is going to go through his own trials and tribulations, and you're starting to see more about him in books three and four while we're going into what happens, the aftermath of tragedy, or Great Grace's um, defeat. And you're going to see a lot about him. But in him finding himself, you're going to see who, another true villain. And this villain has abilities that you're going to find out in the beginning of book four. And the way you find out is pretty cool. Um, and then in chapter five, Grace is pissed. She's like, this bastard stabbed me and threw me off a roof. Let's go. We're doing this again. And right after Breath of the Dragon is hurt in a fight with this villain in book five, he walks out to find tragedy and she's pissed and let's go. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but I will tell you this. One thing I always hated, and like the newest, the last Spider-Man movie is a perfect example. The middle scene where the Green Goblin shows his true colors and he beats the living hell out of Spider-Man was great. And then all of a sudden, Spider-Man beats him easily at the end of the movie. I hate that. Because <laughs> guess what? If I had a fight with Sam and Sam just had a longer reach and he knew how to box or whatever and Sam was kicking my butt, just because I felt inspired and the montage music came on, I don't get to beat Sam. Sam's still going to kick my ass. That's the way it is. You know, you need years to learn how to fight and get better if I'm going to come back and try to beat Sam. That's just reality. You don't get to just beat up anybody you want because you're the hero. doesn't always work that way. Yeah. Well, it's not as straightforward as simple as it once was. There's a lot of gray areas. Yeah, I hate the gray areas, though. That's that, that's the part of it I hate. Well, here's the thing about the gray area. It depends. If you're doing no gray area... <laughs> If you're, if you're doing gray area to make you sympathize and agree with the villain, that's where we've gone. But if you do gray area to make you understand that he thinks he's the hero of the story, that's different. You know? I mean, the best villains think they're the hero. Yeah. Right. That's their motivation. 
they're still bad and you shouldn't root for them but they think they're the hero and they think you're the one who's wrong that's why darth vader in the original trilogy was so good because he thought he was doing the right thing the whole time you know what i mean but he was being um, manipulated and that's yeah, yeah. that's something that goes on in this book mm -hmm. someone there are manipulators there are people behind the scenes that are manipulating and you don't realize it you know and you're going to realize it uh you already realized like you said there's a reveal in book three of one of the manipulators and that's going to be dealt with mm -hmm. by by chapter five by the end of book five uh that'll be uh resolved and i think i'm excited for it i mean there's a lot of action in this book too it's not just exposition um i have nine page fights i i hate when comics do the one page five panel fight and it's over it's like come on man what are we wearing why do we have superpowers and spandex for if we're just gonna do that tea and crumpets come on what the hell are you wearing that costume for let's fight <laughs> let's fight let's uh, put a put a more yeah. <laughs> I mean, book one starts with a four-page fight scene. There's a middle four-page fight scene, and then there's a nine-page scene fight scene to end it. There's enough exposition, but there's also fighting. Um, thanks for coming and hanging flight. out. Travel safe. Yeah, safe flight. What's happening? Um, uh, Vegas Con. I'm gonna be there too. And uh, I'll you're going this weekend, right? Right, Phil? It's next weekend. Vegas oh, next is weekend? next weekend. Someone grabbed my tail. <laughs> <laughs> <Come on. laughs> but um, I'm sorry. I know I, I talk a lot. I go up, but I really am passionate about this. Uh, I'm passionate about all the things I'm writing. Uh, if you knew what Withered was about, I think you'd be like, wow, Withered has a villain nobody's ever done before. Thank I've you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. No, Bill, you, you have a whole bunch of stuff coming down the pike that I, I would definitely love to have you to come back and talk about that. And, and for those who are watching, obviously, we're talking to Phil Russert. We're talking about his book, Tragedy, that's on Kickstarter right now. I'm sure you have a catch-up tier, right, Phil, for yes. for, uh, for the book there? Yes, there books go. one through three. Now, I didn't do any individual issue you may have missed. So what I would tell you is if, say, you had one and two, but you just happened to miss three, if you add $15 into the donation area and in your survey, just remind me you want book three, we'll include it in your fulfillment. Cool. Awesome. Uh, we don't do international because shipping is outrageous, but if it's worth it to you and say you live overseas, reach out to me, Facebook DM or, or the messaging service on Kickstarter. I always get back to everybody and ask me and I'll find out what the shipping is. If it's worth it to you, then we'll do it. If not, PDFs. You can get all four PDFs for $24. And I'm telling you now, you heard the page count of my books. It's 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 96 pages or more. I want book five. Yeah. Michael, it's always that, extra. You know, book five is coming out in uh, December, November, December. Nice. We're not playing. Not playing. No, no, you're not. No, you're not, man. Good for you, Phil. Listen, you've had great success with this book. The numbers are getting better. Um, hopefully you knock it out the park with this one. How now? Listen, I know you have twenty-six issues written. Are, do you see an end to the story? Are, are you are you working towards a final issue or no? I know what the ending is going to be of the whole series, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to write until I have nothing else to say. I'm not going to like if this if the series ever was really successful. I promise I'm not going to milk it with crap writing just because I want to keep making money. 
it needs to maintain its quality and its integrity. And once I don't have anything good to say anymore, I'm done. And I will I will wrap it up with with it. Whether it's 75 issues or 120 issues, um, I think another problem is books are just they're going beyond they're, they're jumping the shark. I don't want to jump the shark, you know. Uh, so when it's done, it's done. I, I'll know when it's done by just writing. It was all a dream. <laughs> Actually, the 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 ending uh, was the first thing I came up with, um, and I think it's a good ending because. Like how many shows have we watched and loved, and the ending made you go, "Oh, what the f- man!" Uh-huh. Like Breaking oh, yeah. Bad had a great ending. You know that was satisfying, justified, great ending, satisfying. So I want to do the same when the time comes. There you go. At that stage where we're gonna give you the screen and you're gonna deliver your pitch, and um, you know, and then tell everybody how they can find you on social media as well. So we'll go for it. All right. So I told you what tragedy is about. I'm not going to rehash that. The short pitch is if you like, if you took the Boondock Saints and John Wick and you mixed it with Big Trouble in Little China, that's just touching the surface of what you've got here. But I'm just going to tell you now, Howard Mackey and Chuck Dixon, two major writers in Marvel DC said the book is well written. And that was enough for me if I never sell another book. But I ask you, forego your Starbucks cup of coffee this week with your name spelled wrong or your happy meal is clogging your arteries or whatever it is that you spend on and give the book a shot. I really don't think you'll be disappointed. And if you are, you've got toilet paper for a week or two. You might have a little coloring on your butt, but whatever. But I think the book is worth it. I really believe in it. My passion is behind it. I'm writing a story that I, I believe is quality. We have an amazing artist, Ricardo Silva. We have DC and Marvel colorist Chris Sotomayor doing interiors, and we have letterer Jason Meadows. And I really believe this book is solid. And I tell you what, prove me wrong by buying the book, reading it, and tell me. I'm not afraid of criticism, but I just want you to give it a chance. I know you're buying trust in me. Trust that your money's not being wasted on a bad writer. You're not. Put your trust in me. Give it a shot. It may actually become that book that you look forward to reading. You may even feel that magic again that you used to have on a Wednesday. Give it a shot. Tragedy 4 on Kickstarter right now with Ketchup Tears 1 through 3 and Original Art Commission Tears by Ricardo Silva. Check it out. Awesome. 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 Thank you for coming back on Caster Grace. Um, wishing Wonder Duck and their Alien in My Toilet success. Great books by great guys. Honestly, I really love you guys. You're you're my favorite podcast to to be a guest on. You know, even though it was a year ago. More. Wow, <laughs> over um, a year ago. It was over a year ago. <laughs> um, and you're really you're really really good people uh, that can break bread at, at my home any day. So Sweet, thank you, Phil. Appreciate. It. Hey, good luck next week in Vegas. Thank you. I got 15 legitimate kids to feed, so buy the book. Wow. The real reason. The real reason. We we did $13,000 on the last campaign, and we opened with $10,000, $10,000, and $13,000. Can we get to 15? Because I promise you, every dollar goes back into the book. You didn't buy me a truck. You didn't buy me a new comic book. You didn't buy me a toy or dinner. It goes right back into giving you the best books possible. Yeah, no, they're coming fast and furious, Phil. So, So good job. Good luck. And, dude, thank you for coming on, man. You know you're always welcome back. You got thank it, brother. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you. All right, my brother. Yeah. Take care. You too. So, uh, again, oh, it's tragedy. Yeah.
the chat. Um, so hit that link. Um, it's also in the summary. So you have to get to uh, the Kickstarter. Um, uh, can I hire Hill to sell my? Yo, for um, real, bro. I'm, you guys, did you guys pledge yet? <laughs> yes, Sammy, that... your, your connection is crazy bad. You have a storm. Is over it? There? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Can you hear me? How about now? I hear you, but you're mad pixelated. And you're, you're, pixelated. You're breaking bad, the goat. Things make you go. <laughs> Johnny, throw me shade. I'll be honest with you. I agree with Johnny. I, I'm not. I'm not a big, you know, big uh, Breaking Bad dude. I like. I actually like Break uh, Better Call Saul better, to be honest. Better Call Saul. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I like. I that. saw. I saw a couple of episodes of Better Call Saul. And I was like, all right, I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I'm going back to watch The Witcher. Um, the Witcher. No, yeah, you, you like listen the 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 um the, the Lord of the Rings is Friday. You're gonna miss that one. But uh, uh Johnny, Friday, you're not gonna miss it. What happened? Uh, Lord of the Rings on Friday. You're not. I thought you were gonna be out. Yeah, we are. But you know, when we're back at the night, back in the room is going. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's a saint. She's the same freaking 25 year anniversary. This kid's gonna spend it Friday night watching freaking elves. I freaking gonna, love I'm it. Dress up as an elf. Wow, enough. <laughs> TMI. Just spice it up. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> he says spice it up. Kid's gonna wear fake freaking feet. You're gonna be a hobbit. Oh, this is disgusting. Poor Dez, man. Poor Dez. Fine. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> oh man. But uh no no I'm sorry. What gonna have me some fun. I'm gonna have me some fun. Oh man, dude, we can't even hear you, bro. We're gonna have can't to sign off. Nah, man. What's up with this, this thing? How about now? Nah, man, you look at you. You're you're frozen right now. You're laughing though. There you go, you're back. All right, we're mm -hmm. gonna have to sign off, Sammy. Yeah, no, this is the bad business. Elvish, but uh, yeah. So, uh, to the sponsor, uh, podcast, and uh, thank you everybody for us tonight, and thank you for the one four people who have signed up for the campaign for um, there's nearly my toilet. Um, the link is in the chat as well. Um, there is no morning brew tomorrow morning, next week, um, and uh, next week we have more. Fantastic! I'm back with the morning brew next Thursday, dude. Nothing beats the Sandman. Um, <laughs> the Sandman uh, puts me to sleep. But um, every time you, like, no, no, no. I'm like, nah, it's, it's a, that's a good show. <laughs> but but to reiterate what Sam was saying, make sure you sign up. Thank you to all 123 uh, people have signed up to your campaign because you didn't really come in too too well. Make sure you sign up to the campaign for this nail in my toilet. Sign up today. It launches September 20th at 7.30 p.m. Be here. We're going to be live. Make sure you're here. The, it's going to launch at 8 p.m., but, you know, get here a little early. House of Dragons is dope. Every section in Texas. Check check out San Fernando. <laughs> the Wizard of Five references are coming back to haunt you. Word. Um, internet says, <laughs> stop it, bro. Uh, yes, but thank you so much for tuning in, guys. There is no show tomorrow morning, but there is a show on Friday, so make sure you check it out on Friday. Uh, we do have a new guest. I, I can't remember. I think it might be Paul Gomez. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, but Sammy, say goodbye. With that said, can you hear me, you sons of... <laughs> oh, With that said, I'm Sam the crazy man, Vera. George the Chiba Medina. And we are... Crazy. No, I was talking about my friend Aquisa. Oh,
say my name, say my name. This is what you were thinking? Oh, I'm the You're listening to Catch the Craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. Catch the craze. You are listening to Catch the Craze. Uh, this is craze. You're listening to Catch the Craze. <laughs> 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 